0: Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in.
1: Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yeah, you heard it there. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. Just me tonight, no Chris, I'm Kyle Mattson, I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. We'll have our normal podcast come out tomorrow with Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, but I'm going to start jumping in for a few minutes after each game to get kind of rapid reactions. Chris is out covering the team, so he is unavailable right after the game, but I thought it'd be good to kind of jump on right after and just give some some rapid reactions. So that's what we're going to do. The 49ers fall to the Bills 34-24. San Francisco falls to 5-7 on the season, and they stay a full game back of the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings in the hunt for the number 7 seed in the NFC. And that's kind of the big overarching takeaway from Monday night's game is that the 49ers needed that one to really stay in the thick of the playoff hunt because going forward it's going to be very tough a to 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 get in at 9 and 7 that that may not get it done and that's what they would be if they win their final four games against Washington next week Dallas the week after that and then they're at Arizona and then they're they're home against Seattle that's a that's a tough stretch of four games Washington on Monday knocked off the previously 11 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers Washington is playing very well their defensive line is very good so that's that's kind of the big takeaway for me from this game is the 49ers again fall 34-24, and it really wasn't even that close. The Niners got a late touchdown from Nick Mullins to Jordan Reed. Uh, this one started weird. It was it was very strange. Um, the Bills drive down on their on their opening series and they get three cracks at the end zone from from uh Inside the 10, inside the 49ers' 10. Um, They go for it on fourth and one. Josh Allen throws incomplete to tight end Lee Smith. The Niners take over uh, at their one-yard line. San Francisco then drives all the way down. They get stoned on uh, fourth down at the goal line. Then Buffalo fumbles. Zach Moss, the rookie running back, he fumbles. Fred Warner recovers. Uh, The Niners score on a Nick Mullins touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk a couple plays later, and it looked like, okay, San Francisco's picking up where they're leaving off. They beat the Rams following a opportunistic defense that forced turnovers, and the, the offense, um, granted in the Rams game they didn't do a great job of scoring off turnovers, but the offense did enough. The defense limited possessions for for LA, and it looked like they were going to do that against Buffalo. But then Buffalo went down, and they answered with a touchdown of their own to make it seven to seven. That was Josh Allen to Cole Beasley for five y- or from five yards out. And the alarming thing there, and and really it was, it was a sign of things to come. And and it's, it's what I want to talk about is Buffalo needed five plays to go 77 yards to tie the game at seven. And I think that was just sort of a statement at that point where you could step back and say, Oh, th- this bill's offense is just too dynamic for the 49ers. And I know what we saw from this Niners defense last week. Kerry Hyder was very good. Jason Verrett was excellent. Richard Sherman was good, had an interception. Fred Warner was very good, as always. Kevin Givens had a great game against LA. But that's a division game. Division games are very different. You're familiar with those teams. You, You know those teams from playing them twice a year, year in and year out. And the 49ers have now seen Sean McVay twice a year for the last four years they sweep LA this year they sweep they they swept them last year but what we saw tonight was what the 49ers would do against a legitimate playoff team Buffaloes now nine and three that's a really good football team and the 49ers as beat up as they are just aren't there and they're they they have a chance to make the postseason. And maybe they get there and they get George Kittle back and they get Jimmy Garoppolo back. And all of a sudden they have a puncher's chance against an NFC that frankly in week 13 didn't look very good. The Seahawks lose to the Giants. You have the Vikings going down to the wire with Jacksonville. The The Cardinals have not looked good in any of their last three or four games. Kyler Murray looks looks banged up with that shoulder injury. Um, the Packers let let the Eagles hang around. In their, in their game in week 13. Like, there's no team that's really, like, just jumping out. I guess it's the Saints. They're the number one seed. But even the Saints have, look, have looked beatable at times. So, okay, you can paint that rosy picture. But this version of the 49ers that we saw on Monday night, I don't think there's a version of that team that's going in against a legitimate playoff squad and and winning. You can go back to the Green Bay game in week 9. And Green Bay, a legitimate playoff team. A really good team could wind up coming out of the NFC. Now granted that was the game where where Kendrick Bourne went on the COVID list. Brandon Ayuk followed him there. Trent Williams followed him there. Debo Samuel was gonna be out with a hamstring anyways, but he was on the COVID list. So the Niners were missing some weapons for sure. But Green Bay sort of dominated that game in a way that we haven't that we wouldn't see the 49ers get dominated if they were healthy. Like they're a physical team, they're very talented when when they have a full when they have a a, a full full roster. But Monday night, Josh Allen for for the Bills, he's he'd not been playing well. He's excellent the first four games and was was good to 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 below average over over the previous seven. But Monday night, he looked like an MVP caliber quarterback again. He was thirty two of forty three hundred and seventy five yards. He didn't throw a pick. He had four touchdowns. A one thirty nine point one rating. I mean, he was he was. Excellent in in every facet. And the 49ers just never seemed to bother him. They never confused him. They never frustrated him. The first Bills punt came with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it was on a play where Kerry Hyder Jr. got pressure. Eric Armstead followed him. And Allen, while he rolled out, He extended the play, kept his eyes up the field. He was never flustered or bothered by anything the 49ers were doing in coverage. He wasn't bothered by anything they were doing in the pass rush. He looked completely comfortable. It looked like practice for him. And Allen's a good player. Allen's a very good player. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But he wasn't playing that well coming in. And he looked like an MVP against a 49ers defense that a week ago looked like it might be able to win a playoff game. Part of that had to do with the injury to Jamar Taylor something that was that was talked about a lot was what the 49ers were going to do in the slot if Emmanuel Mosley was out and he was he was he was inactive with a with a hamstring injury limited all week in practice was not able to suit up Monday night so the solution was to put Dante Johnson in the slot against a team featuring Stefan Diggs Gabriel Davis is really good. Isaiah McKenzie is a really good player. Cole Beasley is having an excellent year in the slot. And that was the that was going to be the big mismatch. And the 49ers just never found an answer for Beasley or Diggs. Beasley 130 yards and a touchdown on 9 catches. Stephon Diggs 10 catches on 92 uh uh 10 catches for 92 yards on 11 targets. Beasley also had 11 targets. Dawson knocks the tight end caught all four uh, of his targets for 27 yards. I mentioned Davis, he had three catches for 68 yards and a 28-yard touchdown. Um, the, the Isaiah McKenzie, who I mentioned two receptions, 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Niners just didn't have any answers in the secondary and their pass rush wasn't getting home. They could, they could blitz. They tried man, they tried zone. And this is where a player like Richard Sherman becomes becomes a, a player teams can take advantage of there was a there was a big illegal contact penalty Fred Warner got an, had an interception early in the game but Stefan Diggs was just going to run past Richard Sherman and Sherman just kind of had to had to grab him and, and take an illegal contact and that's just that's just one example of the kind of the the way this Bills team the way they're constructed how they can how they can mess with San Francisco and how they can take the 49ers defense out of the game that they played a week ago against the Rams. And it it helps that the 49ers don't see the Bills twice a year. So let's go to the other side of the football because it was a it was a seven on seven drill for Allen all night. I mentioned his stat line, thirty two completions on 40 attempts, 370 yards. He had four touchdowns. Niners run defense actually did a pretty nice job. Devin Singletary had just 61 yards on 18 carries. That's 3.4 per touch. Josh Allen was pretty limited. Yardage-wise, he only had 11 yards on six attempts, but he made so many plays with his legs, getting outside the pocket, extending plays, evading pressure. And, And when the 49ers pass rush is not getting home, it's very tough. For a team to cover Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Davis and McKenzie for for six, seven, eight seconds. And that's what Allen was buying himself tonight. And that's 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 gonna pose a problem for any defense. I don't wanna make this seem like this is a 49ers-centric issue. That's a problem for any defense. And that's what we that's what we saw Monday. So let's flip to the other side of the bar real quick because the 49ers offense, we talked last year when it was the Niners run game and then their dominant defense is complementary football, they were not able to play that Monday night. And Nick Mullins, his final stat line wasn't bad. He's was 26 of 39. He didn't take a sack. He threw three touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions though. And a lot of his yards and completions came kind of in garbage time. The Niners trailed 17, half. The big play though was a Mullins interception that, that wasn't really his fault. The Bills scored a touchdown to go up 24, 10 and then, the Niners really needed like a really good sustained drive, give their defense a rest, get in the end zone, make it a one-score game. But instead, Mullins throws low to Ayuk. And I say low. It's where it needed to be uh, because if he if he threw it up high, a defender was going to be able to make a play. Iuke, it just had it bounce off his hands. It bounces off one Bills defender and over to to Micah Hyde, the safety, who took it down to the 49ers' five-yard line. Defense actually did a nice job uh, holding the Bills Bills to a field goal thanks in part to a holding call and then a false start put them in a third and goal from the 18. Uh, they go with a draw play. They kick a short field goal and they make it 27 to 10. But at that point at three scores, it sort of felt like it was over. And the, the thing I want to talk about specifically with Mullins is he missed too many throws early in the game and not just missed throws where they were incomplete. He was missing on completions too. Brandon Ayuk had two or three catches where he had to lay out, and stretch out to make these plays. And when you're taking away yak in this offense, that's what this team is built around their, their ability to create yards after catch. That's why they traded up to get Brandon. Ayuk because he led the nation in yards after catch per reception. And when you take away his ability to do that, you are handcuffing the offense. And that's a problem. Jimmy Garoppolo had too. And that's a big reason when people talk about the 49ers making a move at quarterback, it's partly because of that. Somebody needs to be accurate with, with completions too you can't have receivers um with grass in front of them having to reach behind him to make a catch slow down and now defenders can rally to the football and Mullins had that problem monday night so even though he was completing throws early it it didn't look nearly as good as it could have he threw a second interception it was late in the game uh the 49ers trying to go in and 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 cut it from 17 to 10. He threw an interception trying to force one into to Jeff Wilson Jr. And Tredavious White picked it off. And White is an excellent young player. Very good cornerback for the Bills. And the 49ers stayed away from him for the most part. Um, he, was, he was staying with Debo Samuel. And that's why Debo Samuel didn't have a catch until uh, late in the third quarter. And it's because Ayuk was doing a nice job, but then Tredavious White went and took away Ayuk and and Debo Samuel had wound up with six catches for 73 yards despite not having any through most of the first three quarters. And this is why the Bills are dangerous. Like, this is this is a Bills team that could conceivably win the Super Bowl. And I know that sounds insane because it's the Buffalo Bills and just, you know, last year we were watching Josh Allen in a playoff game try and toss a pitch to his backup fullback or whatever it was in the middle of the field. Like I I, I fully understand that, but this is a team when they're firing on all cylinders is really, really good. And we saw that Monday night and what this all circles back to is that the 49ers since week two, when Nick Bosa went down, when Nick Bosa and D Ford, both went out, Ford went out after week one, Kyle Shanahan said he's likely done for the year. Nick Bosa, he went out, during week two in the first half towards ACL, he was done for the year. When that happened, that's what this Niners defense is built around was that pass rush. And when you take that away, it has a trickle effect, a, a trickle down effect that, that impacts the entire defense. And, and Robert Sala gets a ton of credit for kind of mixing and matching because then they've had their ish, injury issues in the secondary. They're on now there. They were on tonight. They were on their third string nickel corner and that's a super important position in the nfl in the modern nfl especially against a player like cole beasley who's 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 been excellent and has a good rapport with with a talented quarterback like allen that's that's going to be an issue and and ultimately you can you can scheme up so many things but if the talent is just not there you're going to have issues. DJ Jones going down in the first quarter with, with what Kyle Shanahan said after the game they think is a high ankle sprain. That's another big deal. DJ Jones is a really good player on a, on a pretty bare defensive line. He had Deion Jordan playing a ton of snaps, and, and granted, he had a sack and, and had a good stop in the run game, but Deion Jordan's not an effective player. He should be playing every snap. Jordan Willis is is an okay depth piece, but he shouldn't be playing as many snaps as he's playing. Kerry Hyder Jr. Is, is awesome this year. He's excellent. He's going to get paid, and he should. But the best version of this 49ers defense, the Super Bowl version of this 49ers defense, has at least has at least a Bosa or a Ford on the other side of Hyder. And I think the elite, elite version of the defense has Hyder as a rotational piece, as a situational pass rusher. You have Eric Armstead having to play out of position. Eric Armstead is much better as a defensive tackle. He's had to play on the end a lot. And this all comes back to something that Chris and I will get into tomorrow's in, in tomorrow's pod. But talent tends to rise to the top. It's very hard in the NFL to have, to have a team that's as banged up as the 49ers are win week in and week out. And you'll have games like we saw against, against the Rams where you know, they look really good or when they beat the Giants in week three. Uh, they were really banged up then they looked they looked good, they looked awesome against the Patriots. But more often than not, the more talented team, the cream is eventually going to rise to the top. And the 49ers are just too banged up to beat a team like the Bills who could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I don't think it's any deeper than that. I don't think it's the coaching. I I don't think it's I don't think Robert Sala did a bad job. Brian Dable, the, the Bills offensive coordinator, had an excellent game plan. They had some really well-designed really fun plays that the Niners just had no idea what they were doing and it's also important to keep in mind that this game is being played at State Farm Stadium. And the 49ers just had to uproot their team and in the middle of last week and excuse me, the middle of this week and just make a home in a hotel in Arizona and work out there and practice there and have everything be okay. These guys are so they have such a they're they're so regimented that being thrown off like that and being put on a completely different track, that's disorienting, and I think that played a role tonight too. I, I, I really do. They just looked disjointed like a team that A, hadn't practiced a lot, and B, hadn't practiced a lot together. Brandon, Ayuk, Raheem, Moser, Debo Samuel on the field together for I think it was the the third time all year. They'd played just 51 snaps together all season. That was uh, per Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. It just, they they looked they looked like a team that, that was running out of gas against a team like the Bills that was getting set to make a playoff run. The Bills had 31 first downs. The Niners had 24. The Bills went for it three times on fourth down. They got it twice. Um, Buffalo had 449 total yards. The Niners rushed for just 86 yards. Like, there are so many. The stats don't look as lopsided as the score was until the Niners got a, a, a last-second touchdown or last minute touchdown from Mullins to Jordan Reed. But if if <laughs> if you're a stats lie sometimes person, that's the game to watch. Because the the stats lie here. The Niners the Niners got dominated. And credit to them. They they played hard. Like you could tell they're not quitting. It just the the players they have on a week in, week out basis are 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 just not quite going to be good enough. So that's my quick takeaways from from the game I'll, I'll watch it again before before the pod that Chris and I will record Tuesday uh, that'll hit your feeds on on Wednesday and then we'll record another one Thursday that'll hit your feeds Friday a, a quick Washington preview our our pod on Tuesday that comes out Wednesday will be a deeper dive into this game where we'll have each watched it a couple of times and and we'll we'll dig a little deeper into into what this loss kind of means for the 49ers and what what we can kind of take away from from a second viewing and a and another dig through the box score and and see if we can pick up the pieces and see if see if the 49ers can can put together a, a miracle run that that involves four consecutive uh, victories to close out the year. So thank you everybody so much for listening. Again, subscribe, rate, review to candlestick chronicles if you have not. Chris Biederman is typically here with me again. He is busy covering the game. So he is not able to jump on immediately after each game, but that's what I'm going to start doing. So thank you everybody so much for listening. Thank you to indeed and bet online for sponsoring the pod subscribe rate review. If you haven't, and we'll see you guys.